When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cattles. He is Greg Bedard. I am Nick Cattles. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cattles. Episode number 28. Subscribe, rate, and review. All right, Greg, let's start with Cam Newton. Of course, he was limited yesterday with an abdomen. What do you make of this? I I know there's been some talk on both EEI and the Sports Hub that this could be a way for Belichick to slide Jared Stidham into that starting spot. Do you think that's it, or do you think this is just really nothing to see? Well, Nick, from what I've been able to gather from talking to people, um, I don't think sitting Cam is any sort of consideration right now. I don't think this, number one, I don't think this injury is anything uh, major, anything that would keep him out. Um, I don't really think it, rises to much in the building to tell you the truth um i think this is just you know belichick uh you know checking the boxes as far as the injury report um you know and the other part the other part of the equation with this is um you know it might be one thing if if jared stidham say was lighting up practice or something along those lines that you know belichick is just like well you know now i need to get a a look at this kid but I, that's another thing that I have not heard. And if Jared Stidham was, say, charging hard on the outside to Cam Newton, uh, that's something that I would hear. And I have not heard anything about that. So to me, I think I think any of the talk about Belichick perhaps using this quote-unquote injury as an opening to get Jared Stidham into the game, I mean, maybe, maybe the injury, you know – gives him the opportunity like say cam's getting beat up say bosa on sunday is right just an animal and in the patriots backfield all day and he's just like all right he's getting beat up all right well you know look we've we reported that cam's been a little bit beat up we wanted to preserve him and also you know get jared some playing time that's possible but anything outside of that i think it's people you know a lot of people hoping that they make a change and you know look yeah, I wrote last weekend and we talked about earlier in the week that like, I'm basically, you know, done with cam. Like I've seen enough. There's not been enough progress. I don't know what the point of continuing this on is. I just want to look at other options, but you know, one thing I wanted to, I wanted to clarify because we sort of touched on it earlier in the week, but I just think it's, I think it's worthy of expounding a little bit and that's the incentives in cam Newton's contract, because this is part of the reason why I advocated for giving Cam, guaranteeing Cam Newton's incentives. And basically, 
quickly to give people a background, okay, his base salary is is basically a million dollars. He gets uh, roster bonuses for every game he's active for. That's that's another seven hundred thousand. So that's one point, basically seven five million right there, sort of base if he plays the whole year and he's active. But the chunk of his change with the Patriots comes from playing times incentives. So the biggest chunk is it basically goes in tiers, but if he gets to 90% playing time and he's actually under that right now because of the game he missed because of COVID. And I don't know how that factors in with the incentives, but I'm just going off of those, those snaps don't count. He's, I think he's at like 86% right now. That's 2.25 million bonus for him. That's, that's basically the chunk of his change. And basically Belichick says, you know, look, we can't sign you to that much money because we don't have that much cap room, but you know, we'll, we'll put in these incentives. And if you, if you start every game, look, you're going to make around 4 million. And let let me stop you there, Greg, for a second. I want to ask you a question. Do you think Belichick would tell Cam, Hey, if you're healthy, you're the starting quarterback. You're going to earn this money. Do you think he'd go that far? Because I don't think he would. I don't nah. think he would guarantee Cam all 16 games to start, but it's it's a question. It's a question whether or not, you know, he looks at the incentives and says, hey, Cam, we'll, we'll let you roll out there 16 times because Belichick just says you're, you're the guy this year. Not, not to that extent, but I think uh, there were probably discussions where Bill basically said, you know, because he's – He's commented on Cam's contract. He said, yeah. you know, when he was when he was whining about not having salary cap space, yep. like somebody took it away from him and it was an unfortunate incident, not that it, it was his own doing or anything. Belichick said, just look at the Newton contract. We couldn't pay him anymore because we didn't have any. And so I think that there was a conversation with Cam that basically at the time he said, look, all we can offer you is a base of one million, you know, while we'll roster bonuses in there. But if you earn the starting job and you start all 16 games and we make the playoffs. And that was the other bonus that I was going to mention. He, it goes, his playing time incentives goes up to 3.75 million. If he plays 90% and the team makes the playoffs, which is still, you know, a possibility at this point, if they run the table. So I think Bill said to him, he didn't say, you know, look, you're going to be a starter and you're going to get this, but he did. I think he did say, look, if you start, and you start all 16 games, and I'm sure you believe in yourself, and you lead us to the playoffs, then you're going to make basically $5 million base. Yeah. You know? and, and so that's not terrible. That's why that's why I said just pay those incentives. Give them some more, like if you're MVP or Pro Bowl or we go to the Super Bowl, then he, gets, he could make another $5 million. I advocated for that because now he's in the position where – Unless Bill just gives them the money, which would be basically doing the same thing. He, I, I advocated for before. Now, unless Bill gives him the money, he can't sit Jarrett's, he can't sit Cam Newton for Jarrett Stidham at this point because he's not going to hit the 90%. All of a sudden, his bonus goes way down, and all of a sudden, guys are in the locker room looking at Bill like, what the hell, are you going to do Cam like that? I mean, what the guy gave his heart and soul for this team, signed for nothing, came here. He could have stayed retired. He didn't need to come and play for a million bucks, but he did. He came and played for us. He's been a great leader. He's done everything we've asked. He's carried the ball over a hundred times, you know, taking a beating. Uh, and, and you're going to do him like that? No, nah, that ain't cool, Bill. Like that's that would be the reaction. So to me, that is part of the, it's a legitimate part of the conversation right now. And another reason why, 
You guarantee the incentives. Do it right. You could do it right now. And now Bill is free to do whatever he wants with Jared Stidham and Cam Newton because at least Cam's getting what he would have gotten. I have a couple of things. Number one, I'm interested in the idea of the locker room getting riled up over it because we've talked about this before where guys usually don't get in the way of other dudes' money. So yep. that's kind of interesting. I, I don't know if the reaction in the locker room would be that way or, hey, that's the contract that Cam signed. That's what his agent helped him with, and them's the breaks. I don't know how that would split up in the locker room. I don't know what the numbers are or the percentages. That's one thing I do wonder. And also I would say, you know, Belichick knows this. He understands the contract situation. He knows that he can guarantee the incentives. Maybe this is just, what's that called, Occam's Razor or whatever. I, I think a lot of people – are looking to explain why Cam's playing, maybe it's as simple as this. Bill thinks Cam's better than Stidham. That's it. That, that's all. And, and, and maybe we're trying to, you know, find ways to explain why Cam could actually keep playing after he played like he, he did against Arizona, which was awful. Maybe it's just as simple as that. Maybe Belichick has absolutely zero trust in Stidham, zero belief that he could give them a boost. And as I talked about earlier in the week, they've won three out of four. If they split out there in L.A., I think we all look at that as a win. Now you come home at six and seven with three games that you could win. You could beat the Dolphins. You already did. You could beat the Jets. You already did. And you could beat the Bills. You were a fumble away with seconds to go in Buffalo from at least tying that game, if not winning it. So I think Belichick is looking at this and saying to himself, I've got the veteran. I've got the guy who I trust more. I've got a guy that the veterans trust more and believe in more. And if we split out there in L.A., we come back at 6-7. and seven. If we run the table, we're 9-7. and seven. And, yeah, it's an outside chance. But you're saying there's a chance that we can get into the playoffs. I, I think right. sometimes I just go with the most simple explanation. That's what I've chosen with this thing. I, I think okay. Belichick looks at Cam and says, I just, you know, he's the, he's the better guy right now. And I trust him more than I trusted him. And people might say, yeah, but, Nick, you know, Cam can't even throw the football. I made this point last night, Greg, on EEI. Well, what about turnovers? Maybe Belichick right. just looks at this and says, yeah, okay, so Cam will throw for 150 yards and he'll run for 60, but you know what? He's not going to throw three picks. And maybe Belichick He's looks not. at Stidham and says, <laughs> and maybe Belichick looks at Stidham and says, hmm, you know, yeah, he might throw for 250, 300 and look better throwing the football, but he throws three or four picks and we're out of the game by halftime. So that I think that's also part of this entire uh, you know, scenario that's playing out in front of us in real time. Okay. Um, a couple things. I, I generally, I agree with you on the the Stidham thing. Like, I just think, I, I think Bill doesn't think much of Cam, I mean, uh, of Stidham. And, uh, you know, that's the, that's the indication that I've got internally, that they, they know who Stidham is at this point, and they don't look at it as a dramatic upgrade. Now, as far as the ta taking care of the ball thing, you know, I think you would get a lot of pushback in terms of that, considering Cam has thrown nine interceptions. Yeah. You know, I, I, his interception rate is the highest it's ever been in his career. I understand and that, but, but let's look at the, the recent games. And I know people will point to yeah, Arizona. That's and the fair. Interception. Recently, fair. ever since the Buffalo game, he's been really good protecting the football. I agree with you. I, so, I'm just I'm just giving you the other side. I'm not arguing the other right, side. Right. I'm giving you the other side that a lot of yeah. people would say that. But I'm, on, I'm actually on your side, that I – you know, at least when it comes to taking care of the ball and keeping the game to the fourth quarter and maybe, you know, like the run the other day, even though I put that more on, I still, I was watching it back the other day. 
I still can't believe the defensive call that the Cardinals had where it was they brought a blitz and man the, coverage third in and third, and, third and 13. Yeah. And exactly what you don't want to have happen <laughs> when a guy, when they don't trust their quarterback, is guys turning around and then having the guy take off. That's exactly what happened. Like, you want Cam throw. I would have, in that circumstance, I would have rushed three and dropped eight in the yeah, coverage, in zone coverage. Yep, play God. coverage. But anyways, so that's the type <laughs> of play where you're like, you trust cam more to keep it to get the game to the fourth quarter and then you never know what's going to happen and they've been you know a bit, one half of them lost half of them um but as far as the other thing as far as gay, guys in the locker room as far as contracts yes we have talked about and i brought up like you guys don't the unwritten rule is you don't interfere when a guy's trying to get more money but like but when it comes to trust me when it comes to incentives and if teams don't if say a guy has a 90% playing threshold and he gets to 89% yeah. and the team stiffs him. Now, in defense of the Patriots, there have been a lot of guys like Lawrence Guy, I think, uh, in a couple years ago, was just below a playing time incentive and the Patriots paid it. That's they what do a little bit of everything. Yeah, because Troy Brown, I think, was another one, right? Wasn't there yep. like catches or something like that? Right. And Belichick gave him the incentive anyway. So I right. do wonder. So I they look wonder. at both sides. So yeah. if, a, if, a team, if a team does right by a player – you know, that's that, the Patriots aren't just doing that out of the goodness of their heart. They know that 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 looks good in a locker room. The other side of the coin is if all of a sudden Cam Newton comes comes short of, of most of his money that he was going to make here uh, because of Bills putting Jared Stidham into the game. Yes, there will be certainly the leaders who have been around, not the younger okay. guys. They don't really know about money, but the older guys, they know they'll see. I don't know what kind of ramifications there would be. Probably not many, but guys would notice and, and, you know, guys talk about that stuff. So I'm just, it is a factor. It's not a huge factor, but it is a factor. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I don't doubt that some of the guys, again, I, I do believe some of the guys would look at that and have an issue with it. I just don't know what the percentages are, but overall, like you and I have said, I just think Belichick looks at this and says, you know, Stidham's not a huge upgrade and yep. he, he might be, he, he might be the more risky play because of his pension for throwing interceptions. And this is the kind of team you can't have your quarterback throw three or four picks. You just can't because the game's over. So I think it has to do with that more than anything else. All right, let's talk about this Chargers game coming up on Sunday, and let's talk more about Cam and this offense. Greg, what do you want to see happening on Sunday with that side of the football? I want to see them. They they should be able to do something. I, I was watching a lot of Chargers game, uh, game film and also – uh, you know, looking at the stats last night and, you know, this is, this is a chargers team that yes, Bose is very good. And uh, I think Denzel Perryman, the linebacker is very good, yeah. but I mean, still, this is a defense that's, you know, missing Melvin Ingram, Derwin James, even, uh, you know, a young athletic linebacker like Kazir white went on IR recently. Like, this is just like, they're the 25th scoring offense. They're giving up 27 points a game. They're they're 31st in points allowed in the last eight games. Like 31st in rush def, uh, rush defense, DVOA. Their rushing defense is not good. That's a strength of the Patriots. Like this should this should be a game where this offense actually does something. And look, I'm I not agree. saying that they didn't do anything against Houston. They did. They did have some issues, and they certainly had some issues in this last game. But this is a game where they need to and, – and I'm not just talking about they need to run the ball. They, they need to do a lot. They should look good overall on offense in this game. And if they don't, 
then, uh, you know, I don't know what we're doing here for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think there are some major issues for L.A.'s defense for sure on Sunday. I think McDaniels should be able to formulate a plan that attacks pretty much every level of that defense. And, and you hit a lot of the things. Listen, if you take care of Bosa, this pass rush isn't really going to bother yep. you. I think they're like 22nd in the league in sack percentage. Mm-hmm. So they're not really pressuring guys a lot or getting home an awful lot to the quarterback. You take care of Bosa, Cam should have a clean pocket. So then it becomes, you know, what does Cam do? What does McDaniels ask him to do? I think the running game should be good. Of course, we've seen teams stacking the box. You know, I still think that you can run against those looks at times. Not all the time, but you can run against those looks at times. Will McDaniels do that? Will he have trust in his offensive line and Harris? Uh, So that will all, you know, kind of be seen on Sunday where they go to as far as running the football, throwing that kind of balance. Because, look, if I'm going into the game, I would like to see them establish the run and then you kind of get Cam going. But with that said, if if L.A. comes out stacking the box, Cam's going to have to make a couple of plays early. I think this is a defense that he can do that. And I, I do think when you look back at these games, I know a lot of people are killing these wide receivers and these weapons. I think they've been open than more people than, than people realize. I, I think they've been open more than people give them credit for. Now, are they explosive? No. You know, am I telling you they have three number ones? No. Uh, but what I'm saying is, you know, sometimes this just gets written off as, oh, they can't separate. They weren't open. Well, that's not the whole story. So this is a defense they should be able to take advantage of. Even knowing how their offense hasn't played well, they should be able to take advantage of this defense. And I agree with you. If they don't, if they struggle, that's a big problem. And we will, you know, rip them from pillar to post early next week saying, how in the world could they not move the football against that defense or score against that defense? They should be able to do that. Uh, and, also- uh, yeah, a, a couple things on that, sure. Nick, um, that, that go to the Patriots moving the ball. You know, this is the Gus Bradley cover three system that, you know, at least when Tom Brady was here, they ripped the the this scheme to shreds. Yeah. And uh, they also, they don't blitz very much. Actually, they, they have the lowest blitz percentage, 16.5% in the league. The Patriots and Cam Newton have seen, you know, not only a stacked box with each increasing week, but more and more pressure. Like the Cardinals blitzed 60% of the time last week. And that's also part of the issue when teams are seeing Cam be slow and recognize where pressure is coming from. So they are coming after the, if the, the chargers do not do that, if they do that, that means every team is watching this film and seeing blood in the water with, with Cam Newton. And the other thing is the, the chargers, despite some of their past issues are still a really light front team where they were matching, you know, the dolphins would come out in 12 personnel, 13 personnel, yep. two or three tight ends. And they're matching them with nickel. Like if the if the Patriots can put Jordan Thomas on the field or sixth offensive lineman and they stick with nickel, like you're right, they should be able to run against stack boxes with those numbers. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, and it's kind of amazing because you go back to the Chargers even a couple of years ago against Lamar Jackson in the playoffs and against New England in the playoffs, they had to play a lot of defensive backs. They had to play a lot of nickel. And people were saying, well, that's because they just don't have enough linebackers. It seems like they haven't done enough to address that depth to make sure that they don't have to be stuck in those kinds of situations. And the Derwin James injury is just huge because he's a guy that can rove around the field. He can make plays downhill. He's an incredible athlete. That James injury is just a crusher 
for yep. this defense and gets in the way of a lot of things that I think they would want to do and accomplish on that side of the football. Uh, other things that you think as we head into Sunday, let's talk about the defensive side, Justin Herbert. Uh, you know, when I look at him, Greg, I think his, his accuracy has been better at the NFL level than was expected. I think mm-hmm. he's done a pretty good job against pressure. He, he tends to take the heat. He could stand in the pocket, yep. big guy. You know, he can make a throw with somebody in his face, but there's been some slippage, Greg. The last few weeks, there has been some slippage specifically against Miami and Buffalo two out of the last three weeks. Herbert has not been the same guy. What do you think we see Bill do on Sunday to go against that Chargers offense and that quarterback? Yeah, what's interesting is that, um, you know, I know I know Herbert's a good uh, athlete and can, and can run. I was surprised at how teams defended them in terms of they – you could tell that they were worried about uh, his legs. Uh, they defended him more like Josh Allen of the Bills in terms of, uh, you know, that the, that the quarterback running is – a part it's a big part of their offense like they'll do a lot of pistol read option stuff so uh you know you saw the dolphins used uh especially in the first half the chargers adjusted in the second half but in the first half the dolphins who as we know it's brian flores it's josh boyer you know two former patriots assistants who you know think along the same lines as belichick they used a bare front where they uh they cover up the center and two guards head up and then they basically had the outside linebackers outside the tackles and tight ends. And that's basically to thwart a zone running scheme. And it was very effective in the second half. The chargers spread the field a little bit more that sort of countered that. But I think the big thing that you saw with the struggles against Miami and also the struggles against Buffalo, I saw Justin Herbert struggling against zone defenses hmm. and specifically against, he threw a pick. And also had another near pick against Miami's Tampa two defense, which the Patriots run a lot uh, against these type of quarterbacks. And so Herbert sometimes does not see the uh, sort of the the, the flat curl uh, cornerback in, in Tampa two. He'll throw that. You could see a pick from Gilmore or J.C. Jackson that way, uh, where he he's just watching the corner route and not and not seeing the underneath coverage. So he he does struggle in that regard. I do think he's tough against man coverage. He's tough. He's very accurate throwing the ball. He's tough. He'll, he'll Even against the blitz, he'll make throws off balance where you're just like, you know, how the hell did he get the ball out there? And, and he'll make those throws. So, you know, I would expect the Patriots to go a little bit more zone in this game and try to try to fool him. I think you can do that. Do they have the Johnnies and Joes to, to do that, the Patriots uh, up front? We talked about this before because, you know, the Dolphins, they did a lot of, you know, pre-snap disguising, yep. which you depend on, you know, communication, experience, all those kinds of things, being on the same page. Do you think now we're in week 12, do you think Belichick has enough of those guys to maybe mess around with the pre-snap disguising, or do you think it'd be a little bit straight zone, not too much messing around in the front and just let it be? We, uh, before last week, I would have questioned whether they can do it. Um, this is one of, this was one of my criticisms from the Houston game yeah. where I was like, you know, where's the amoeba front? Where are yep. the different, where are the different looks where the, there was none of that. All of a sudden this, this past week against the Cardinals, you did see that. I agree. And for the most part, they executed it. Uh, I, so that this off of that last game against the Cardinals. And now it leads me to think that. Yes, they are capable of executing these pre-snap, post-snap 
looks and and which allows you to fool younger quarterbacks and so now I do think this defense is capable of that all right so I have a day job I don't listen to Felger and Maz (laughs) but but I think something happened here between you and Felger something about Alex Smith I don't know the background but please explain to the people who might not listen to sports talk radio but actually listen to this podcast and we thank every single one of you for doing that please explain to those who listen how Alex Smith came up and what your thoughts are, what your plan is, what you would do. <laughs> so uh, basically, I think it was a caller called in. Long story short, uh, Felger asked me, like, how would I feel about Alex Smith for the Patriots? And I said, like, next year as the starter? And he was like, yeah. And I just, I went off. I lost my mind. Like, just, <laughs> and it, it's not so much about Alex Smith specifically, even though I don't, look, he's 36, Cam's 31. He'd be coming in. Fr- I, look, long story short, I was just like, it, it was more, I saw red from this perspective. If if you're talking about Alex Smith's start, if, if somebody like Alex Smith, like somebody, it's, it's the same thing as Cam Newton, Alex Smith, whatever. Some older, you know, well-traveled veteran who's- Brian Fitzpatrick. To, yeah, much, I- much closer to the end than they are to the beginning of yeah. their career. Like- I have an I have a big issue with that because basically what the F have we been doing this whole past year if we're doing that again? Like it's it's more I'm more angry if I just I'm I'm just imagining that. Like Alex Smith being the <laughs> starter next year for the Patriots, and I see red because it's like, what did we just go through this year for? Yeah. Like we're gonna go through this again. Yeah, you like, gotta find the quarterback further, answer. Yeah. Yes, it would be a further indictment of Belichick doesn't know what the hell he's doing at the quarterback position. It would be a bridge to a bridge. Oh, yes, exactly. It would be like bridge over the river Kwai, like part three and four. Like, <laughs> what what the hell are we doing here? Like, and so that just that just incensed me because I was like, all right, it's one thing that I have to go through this one year here, like a second year of this with a, a new guy in a whole in the system, a new guy in the system again. Really? We're going to do this? No, I'm going to go put my head through a window if we have to go through this. I would rather, seriously, depending on you know what they think internally, and I believe that they still like Cam, and they think that he's more of a victim. I know you think he's been open. I could just tell you internally that – what they have at wide receiver and tight end, they think is factoring into what's going on in offense a lot more than a lot of people want to give. I'm just telling you. Right. Right. No, listen, and I agree. I I don't want my words to be misconstrued earlier. What what I said earlier was, you know, these guys do get open at times and, you know, people look at it and say they can't get open. They do get open at times and they have been open and cam has missed them in instances. But again, I, I don't want anybody to think that I'm telling them, that this receiver core is great or the tight ends are good, I'd be I'd be dumb to say that. So I don't yeah. think they have the the weapons that you need to help Cam be better. And mm-hmm. I've been saying this, I've been saying this for you know several weeks now, Greg. And maybe just maybe I I feel like people have been picking up on this a little bit. I've I've heard a little bit of the chatter over the last week or two, but I've been saying for the last month, month and a half, if not two months, here's the plan at quarterback. You ready? You draft a quarterback in the first round if you like one of those guys. There are going to be five or six quarterbacks in the first round. There's Trask, there's Mac Jones, there's Zach Wilson, there's Trey Lance, there's Justin Fields, there's Trevor Lawrence. You've got six guys, five or six guys that you can pick in the first round. Pick one of those guys, keep Cam, have a quarterback competition. 
If the rookie outshines Cam, great. There's your future. He's the guy. If not, the quarterback that just got drafted needs a little bit more seasoning, then okay, you roll with Cam again. If you don't do that, that's my option A. If you don't do that, here's my option B. And I've been saying this name for a while now, Matthew Stafford. Matt Matt Patricia has moved on, obviously. Quinn is gone. I think Detroit has to reset and rebuild Mm -hmm. that entire organization. And the best way to do that is you bring in the new coach with a young quarterback and you build it from the bottom and you hope two or three years from then you are a true contending team in the NFC North. They're not going to beat Green Bay anytime soon. They're not even going to beat Minnesota anytime soon. So you start from scratch. I would go after Stafford. Stafford's got two years left. He's at just above $20 in both of those years. Very manageable money. He's still 32 years old. I think he's a top 10 quarterback when he's healthy. Those are my two options. I'm either sticking with Cam, drafting a young guy, having a competition, or I'm trying like hell to go out there and get Stafford. I think that's your answer. I, 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 I'm completely on board with both tracks and I, and I, I'm with you. And that's part, that was part of my anger the other day, which, which was like, look, we're, we're not just going to run this back again. Like to please tell me that we went through this season, which like is like trying to complete a 20 yard pass is like pulling teeth. And actually let's go back to the second half of last year almost the same thing. So we've gone now through like 18, we'll have gone through 24 games, 22 games where the passing offense just completely stinks. And just please tell me we went through this because Belichick has some grand plan that he said, you know what? There's five or six draftable quarterbacks next year there. And if those guys go someplace, you know, there's going to be Stafford's available, Baker Mayfield's available, Sam Darnold's available. Like somebody just tell me, that that there is a there was a plan to go through this year. It was a bridge year. Just don't sell me another bridge next year because I'm. Gonna I agree with crap. that. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, if if and I've been saying it right. You and I have been talking about this. If we look back at 2020 and say that it was a part of the plan. If yep. you go into the off season and you make the moves, you find the next quarterback. Then everybody will look back at 2020. Whether it's seven and nine, nine and seven, you sneak into the playoffs, you don't. Whatever. People will look back and say, okay, it was fine. They reset their books. They got a better draft pick by being at least in the middle of the first round, which might get them a Mac Jones, for example. And they addressed their weaknesses, their needs, and they set the program up for five to six, seven years of success. If we look back at that and say it about 2020, then it's acceptable. But if we look back at 2020 and it is a bridge to another bridge in 2021, then that's crap. And you know what? I just, I don't believe that. And you know why I don't believe that? Bill Belichick, 68 years old. Dude is not going to continue to Mm -hmm. to coach a team like this. He's just not going to. He wants to win. He, He probably thinks his legacy is on the line. He knows what people have said about him versus Brady. He doesn't want to go out with two or three bridge years. And so I just, I look at people in their own situations. And if Belichick is thinking about himself in this case, and he wants to make sure he looks good as he rides off into the sunset, he's not going to bring in Alex Smith. He's going to ride off into the sunset with a young quarterback that looks like a franchise guy with a team that has some pieces that you can believe in going forward the next four or five years. I think that's what Belichick wants to do. I don't think he wants to leave a mound of crap in the locker room in New England. So I just, I don't think the bridge to a bridge makes any sense before we get to the, uh, Member question of the day. We got to talk for at least a minute or two about LeGarrette Blunt. 
because <laughs> my guy's delusional. I saw that before we came on. I was my like, guy's what? delusional. Is this a real headline? <laughs> uh, LeGarrette Blunt told Pat McAfee on the Pat McAfee show, quote, to this day, I don't think the Eagles have been able to replace me. And to was this it the day, Eagles or the Patriots? Oh, both. he said both. Okay. Both. Uh, to this day, I don't think the Eagles have been able to replace me. And to this day, I don't think the Patriots have been able to replace me. Oh my God. So that's the missing link. That's what we've been. That's what we've been that's, dying for the last couple of years. Uh, by I, the way, I don't the, know how they won the Super Bowl two years ago without Legarrette. I don't know. I don't know how the Patriots won any rings without Legarrette <laughs> Blunt. I mean, I just don't. I you know everybody talks about like you know could could uh, could the Patriots have 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 done what they did with with Bill or Tom, like one of the other. Like no, we forgot Legarrette Blunt. Yes. Like it should have actually been a triumvirate. That's like, right. I mean, holy hell. Like, I mean, and look, to a certain extent, I want to blame Patriots fans, you people who yelled like blunt force trauma and this and and I know there are people, people yes, no. sports talk radio, <laughs> like with you know, humongous, like, oh, they love LeGarrette Blunt. They thought, you know, it's these fantasy people and just it used to drive me crazy. Like Damian Harris is three times the running back that LeGarrette Blunt is. He just you know, needs a better passing offense. Like, oh my God. Yeah, awful. And listen, <laughs> I, I actually, I, when I was doing radio with Jonesy on the sports hub during, you know, some of the LeGarrette Blunt, another time, running back guy, yeah. I, I thought, you know, I, I thought LeGarrette Blunt, you know, was, was good. I mean, I thought he mm -hmm. was good. I, I thought some people yep. had said he was trash and you could replace him with anybody. I didn't think that was necessarily the case, but mm -hmm. running backs are running backs. I mean, if you get a, if yes. you get a top five running back, great. You feel good about it. You don't want to pay him a ton of money. The Rams paid Todd Gurley, backfired. You know, the 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 Cowboys bent over backwards when Zeke Elliott had his feet up and a cigar in his yep. mouth down in Cabo. He's not. He's having the worst season of his NFL career. You can go down the line. David Johnson's contract was an albatross for Arizona, but for some reason, Bill O'Brien thought it was a deal of a lifetime. But you look at most of these backs, and you know they're just—they'll give you three, four years if you get their rookie contract out of them, and they produce great. You can easily replace them. Raheem Mostert, you know, last year, Damian Williams, the backs yep. that were in the Super Bowl—they were just other guys. So, whatever to that. Let's get to the uh, BostonSportsJournal.com member question of the day. Although I will credit Legara Blunt for the confidence and the ego. I mean that—that that is oh that sure. is impressive. That's impressive. Uh, <laughs> Check them out over at BSJ, 11 cents a day on their annual plan. Not only do you get top-notch analysis of all the Boston Pro Sports, but if you're a patch junkie, which you are, a membership at BSJ gives you access to a ton of video analysis that Bedard does on the coach's film and direct access to him in weekly chats. Andy W. has this week's question, Greg. Given his age, I wonder if Bill would be tempted by any of the open positions out there with better rosters. No. And for a couple different reasons. Number one, like you said, he's 68 years old. Like it's, it's never going to be a one year fix. And, you know, a bigger thing is leaving here would basically be in mission. I ran that place into the ground. I'm fleeing. And like Belichick's never going to do that. I think from the people I've talked to, he's always been one that wants to, he wants to set up sort of like, like a legacy. And, and it's a difference between him and Bill Parcells. If you look where Bill Parcells has been, he always, no matter whether he was an executive or a coach or whatever, he always ran up the salary cap and the team cratered down the stretch, you know, to, to the point where he fled 
to greener pastures. And the other in in the team that he left was in ruins for like three or four years. It just it happened time after time. And I don't think Bill is going to want to do that. I think he wants to set his kids up for success here. He wants his legacy to be success. He wants to get the next quarterback here in New England. Like he wants this to go on so people look at him that way. I just don't I, I don't see I do think he keeps his options open every offseason to make sure he gets what he wants out of New England, including the quarterback situation this past offseason. But most of it's just that's just bluster. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I said it earlier, yep. just a few moments ago. I think he yep. wants to ride off into the sunset, leaving this organization in good hands, looking good because his legacy looks even better if that happens. All right. The game on Sunday is a pick 'em. Who you got? I am going with the Patriots. And um, Nick, I, I know you're sitting, so so keep sitting, but I am going to pick the Patriots to score 30 points Whoa! for the first time Yoga! since the Jets game. Yeah. So I am going Patriots 30-17 over the Chargers. Wow. Uh, I'm going to go with the Patriots winning this game. Listen, I've been 0 for my last two. I had them beating the Texans. I had them losing to the Cardinals. Uh, I've got them beating the Chargers. We talked about it why earlier in the show. I, I do think they'll confuse Justin Herbert a little bit. I think he'll make a mistake or two. And I think offensively, they will actually be able to move the football and do some things. So uh, I will go with the Patriots. I'm not going to go with 30 points just yet. I don't know if I'll ever pick this team to score <laughs> 30 points unless they score it via special teams and defense. Special teams, baby. Yeah, I'll go uh, I'll go 24 to 17 Patriots win by a touchdown. Uh, the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles. Again, remember to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll be back early next week to recap Chargers and Patriots. And of course, we got a Thursday night game coming up after that against the Rams. That one will be interesting. Until then, be safe, be good, be healthy. We'll check you out next time.